Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Jesko. Hey, Chet, the Phillies made a nice pre-All-Star break run, winning 5-7 of seven in Chicago and Boston, moving to within three and a half games of the Mutts at the break. Ben Simmons' rumors are starting to heat up. Are they just rumors? Uh, there's some Eagles and Nick Suriani noise out there as well. Again, just rumors. Who knows? Vaccines are in the news, and so are Philly fans. There's always something going on in Philly sports. So much going on, Bill, that we had to scrap our uh, planned extensive coverage of Wimbledon and Euro 2020 <laughs> soccer. I'm kidding. Those weren't really on the agenda anyway. Uh, but I will make sure later in the show, Bill, that we can uh, discuss the Emmy nominations for this year. They were announced yesterday, and I know how important that is to you. Well, let's talk Wimbledon instead because no <laughs> one cares about the Emmys. That's for darn yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, we got a great guest tonight in WIP's James Seltzer is going to talk all things Philly sports. And you know James will be fired up because he always is. My hunch, Bill, is that James drinks like 12 cups of coffee a day because he's always high energy. And, oh, by the way, tonight he becomes an esteemed member of the Five Timers Club. So let's get it going with James. All right. Let's welcome James Seltzer back to Philly Press Box Radio. James, welcome. Bring the energy. Hey, fellas. How are you? Let me fix the, the video here. Get you. Uh, there we go. All right. Hey, guys. How are we? Are you this a coffee the, uh, drinker? Is this I natural? am. It's both. It, okay. Honestly, even if there were no coffee, I would be high energy, but the coffee definitely helps a little bit. I, however, as honored as I am to be a five-timer, I was told I was coming on to talk Emmys. And now after that intro, <laughs> I, my whole plan is scrapped now. I don't know no, what it's to not. do. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> I think Bill would rather we talk to Eagles, so let's do yeah. that. Start off we with can, a little we, Eagles talk. We can do it with some Eagles talk, that's for sure, guys. I'm All done right. with that. On the WIP Midday Show, you, Joe DeCamera, John Ritchie, and your listeners have talked quite a bit lately, James, about the Birds and their new head coach, the Owls mm -hmm. quarterback, Jalen Hurts. And there seems to be some optimism all of a sudden that the team could do better than originally thought. Where do you stand on that? And, you know, what might we get from the 2021 Eagles? Yeah, I'm, I'm not as optimistic as others, I'll say. Here's the thing. I... I think we all, when we first saw Nick Sirianni, kind of were like, you know, this guy, really? This is this is what we're doing here? <laughs> and ever since that first press conference, I've really come around on him. I, I I mean, I think we're all kind of rooting for him. You know, this this youthful exuberance, the energy, the excitement, the passion that he seems to have for it. You know, it makes it easy to root for this guy. Um, and I think a lot of us are, are hoping that he works out. But, look, there are tons of question marks. The guy's never called plays before. He's never been a head coach at any level. So I can understand skepticism. But um, I do think he's going to be a, a good teacher. You know, I think he's going to be able to get guys – to work on the fundamentals, to, to kind of work on some of that stuff that we saw with these recent Eagles teams was, was certainly lacking. 
Um, but again, I, I think there's a lot of unknowns. My biggest concern with the Eagles is I just think the roster is not that good. You know, I know that that if you look through the starting lineup, you see some some familiar names, some guys you know. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is a question mark. I'm high on Hurts. I'm excited to see what he can do, but I'm I'm certainly not ready to say I think he's going to be a, a star in the NFL or anything like that. So I think it's just the unknowns and the lack of roster depth. When you go on the roster, there's some spots where you're strong. The offensive line could be pretty good, but injuries, injuries, injuries every year at that position and, and really across the board. So I think once you get past those starters, you you really start to lack. And and it's really been the, the lack of good draft classes over the last few years, you know, the lack of young talent, the lack of cheap talent that's been able to kind of carry this team forward. So those are the reasons I'm, I'm kind of more pessimistic about the team this year, but I, I am hopeful moving forward with the potential of Sirianni, with the potential of Hurts. And you guys are, are flashing that draft class up. I mean, Devontae Smith, without a doubt, the single thing I'm most excited about as an Eagles fan, and I would guess most Eagles fans are, and that that is something to be excited about. It is going to be fun to watch a, you know, potentially great wide receiver here. I mean, that's that's not something that we're used to here in Philly. <laughs> so, uh, look, I think on the whole, um, I'm not as optimistic as others, but football's weird. You know, we see it every year in the NFL. Always. There are teams that are bad one year and good the next. I mean, in 2017, I don't think any of us thought a, a seven and nine, you know, fumbling, bumbling kind of Eagle squad from the year before was going to turn into a Super Bowl champion. And I think I feel very confident saying the Eagles will not turn into a Super Bowl champion this year, but it would be the most shocking thing if they won nine or 10 games, if they competed in the worst division in the league. So I'm not as optimistic as others, but I'm definitely leaving open the, the room that there is like, it's the NFL, and, and I don't think the rest of the division's that good. So I'm not as hopeful as others, but I'm not as dour as others either. Yeah, it seems like Devontae Smith has certainly brought a lot of that energy and uh, all, or excitement, I guess we should say, uh, with all of his comments and all the working with Jalen Hurts and all that good old stuff going on. Uh, it seems like since him specifically as a draft pick, that's brought a lot of juice back to this uh, to the talk anyway. Yeah. Oh, big time. And it should. I mean, he's awesome. This kid's awesome. I mean, like, look, I know he's he's small from a weight perspective, and that's a problem that a lot of people have and all that. But, I mean, this kid dominated the SEC. He dominated college football. I mean, the freaking one, the Heisman, is wide receiver. You know, it's like, I get it. I get that you can be concerned about the size. But all this guy done at, at, at every level he's ever played at is dominate. And – you know, I just – I look at him and I see a guy who works hard, who's a dog out there on the field, who, you know, is going to put all that he has into it and is an incredibly talented route runner and catcher of the football. So I think people should be excited about Devontae Smith. I think – and I've been very critical of Howie Roseman the last few years, and rightfully so, and the whole power structure. I mean, the biggest concern I have with the team is that the people at the top and the dysfunction we've seen in the organization, but – I give him all the credit in the world for that first round, for for moving back to 12, then getting back up to six, gaining a first-round pick in the process, going back up to 10, gaining a first-round pick in the process, and coming away with a guy if they had stayed at six. The way the draft played out is the guy would have wanted them to take it six. So I, I think they, they, they really hit that one out of the park with Devontae Smith. All right, James, 17-game regular season. The Vegas over-under for the Eagles is six and a half from yes. what I can tell. Which way you go and which way would you bet? Okay, so it's like, of course, I, I every time I go through the schedule, I'm somewhere between six and seven wins. So, you know, it feels right to me <laughs> is the point. Um, I, I honestly think I, I'm not going to bet it. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll make a pick here for the purpose of, this podcast that I love to be on, I want to be invited back for a sixth time. Uh, but, but I wouldn't actually bet my own money on this. I really don't feel super confident one way or the other. If they're a five-win team, if they're an eight-win team, like none of that would shock me. I feel like the more I go at it, seven's the right number. I think they're a seven and ten team this year. So again, while I wouldn't be shocked if they're six, five, or slightly above seven, I think seven's the number. So I'll go over, but but just barely, just gotcha. barely. Yes. Well, hey, James, I have to ask you because I read about it again today. It's still out there with Deshaun Watson and that yeah. the Eagles are still in that mix or, or one of the leading candidates. Is it is that real? I mean, do you think that can actually happen? Yeah, I think it's incredibly real. I think it's very real. I believed it from the, the moment it was out there as a thing. The whole time it hasn't felt – and, I, you know, we talked about it. We all know it. The Eagles are not – 
committed to Jalen Hurts in any meaningful way. In fact, they've almost distanced themselves from quote unquote committing to Hurts. The whole competition thing, the nonsense that he's competing with Joe Flacco for a job. I mean, come on, like we're not idiots, <laughs> you know? So, I, you know, the, the, the kind of fervor with which they have refused to say Jalen Hurts is our guy makes me think that they don't think, or at least they don't surely believe that Jalen Hurts is their guy. And, Look, every time the Deshaun Watson stuff has come up, they've been linked to him. Every single time through this, that someone has said, hey, look out for the Eagles. Hey, the Eagles are interested. Hey, their Eagles are circling. And it's Adam Schefter again today saying, and Adam Schefter, when he says things like the way he phrased it, I believe, is the Eagles are the team most well positioned to trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, he doesn't say things like that, like, offhandedly. He doesn't, like, just look around and be like, oh, well, they have a lot of assets. I guess that would make sense. He says that knowing something, knowing that there is real interest there, and that is not just the, that they have the most assets. It's the they have the most assets, and they would want to do this type of thing. So, yeah, I think there's a real chance that it happens. Obviously, the you know, it's one of those – it's one of the toughest things to discuss because there are real extenuating circumstances, and we don't really know what this guy did. And – you know, it is a really big risk to tie your franchise to someone who could be a sexual predator. You know, we don't know, you know, so it's a it's a really fine line. And to be fair, I will say, I, you know, any NFL team, the Eagles, they have investigators. They have people who work for them like they will know more about this situation than any of us will. So if they do trade for him, I, I think it's a sign that they at least feel comfortable with how this whole thing's going to play out. But, you know, it's it's still from a, a moral perspective, it's it's a tenuous ground, so to speak. So, I, right. I th- yeah, I think it's real. I think they're interested. I think the situation's still in limbo. But if the Eagles trade for Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't be shocked at all. All right. Let's switch our attention to the Phillies, James. Uh, they've won three straight series. Go figure. How about it? They are seven and three over the last 10 games. Back yes. at 500, just three and a half behind those Mets uh, at the break. Are they legit or do they still have too many shortcomings? Yeah. I, look, I, I it's a, a week and a half ago, I said trade everybody. So, you know, <laughs> for what that's worth. Uh, I keep going back and forth. It's like a yo-yo with this team. You know, one week, one week, I've been there, Chad. One week, uh, <laughs> I'm in on them. The next week, I'm out. Right now, I'm, I'm more in than out, let's say. Um, I, I think that, look, let, let's, on a basic level, this team still has to show me they can do it. Obviously, it's been a decade since they made a playoffs, but really this group that's been together the last few years, what have we seen them do? We've seen them wilt. In September, every single season. I mean, last year they had to win one out of their – they won one out of eight. They had to win two. They had to yeah. go two and six over their last eight. They went one and seven and not make the playoffs the year before. We all remember the massive collapse the year before that. In 2018, I was looking at that this morning, they were 11 games above 500 at this point in 2018. Like, they were a competitive team, and then it all fell apart again. And that was not a, a good baseball team. That was more smoke and mirrors. But I need to see this team actually do it. I need to see them string, you know, multiple series wins in a row. If they're not going to win 10 in a row, 12 in a row, which would be nice, but it doesn't seem like this group does that. If they're not going to do that, they got to win series after series after series after series, you know, almost without fail to, to get to that 88, 89, 90 type of win number that they're going to need to win the division. So that that's the, I need to see it to believe it part, but, but, I do think there are real reasons to be optimistic right now, more so than any point this season. And the biggest is the fact that everyone's back healthy offensively. I mean, for the first time, it looks like the offense we expected to see coming into the season. You know, if I had said to you at the beginning of the season, hey, the Phillies are going to win the NL East, how's it happen? You're going to say they hit the crap out of the ball. You know, that's how this team is built to win. It's built to win by scoring runs and we have not seen that offense this season with Harper missing time, Romito missing time, Segura's missed time twice. Didi's missed a bunch of time. Like they just haven't all been together. And as a result, you're bringing bench guys up and then filling the bench with even worse guys and the lack of depth. That's the real issue with this roster. So, you know, then the bench looks horrible and the bottom part of the lineup looks horrible. Once you get those guys back, all of a sudden the lineup looks formidable. The bench looks much better. And I think that has a, a real effect for this team and is that the way they need to win games. So with that combined with the real legitimate second half schedule being significantly easier than the first. This is not just a talking point type thing. If you go through the games and look at the schedule, there's a lot of Arizona Diamondbacks on there, Colorado Rockies on there, Pittsburgh Pirates on there. Like 
beatable baseball teams. And of course the Marlins who should be a beatable team, but another thing we need to see the Phillies do before we believe it. <laughs> but I do think that when you look at the schedule, you look at how they're playing right now, they finally won a road series against a good team, which we all didn't know was possible. I think, Again, well, I'm not saying I'm, I'm fully two feet on board jumping onto the bandwagon. I'm cautiously dipping my toe in, so to speak. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm more optimistic now than I've been at any other point this season. Well, James, we talk about this all the time, and it makes my head want to explode. Uh, the 100-pitch count thing that Joe Girardi is sure. looking by yeah. and, and, and pulling his starters and going into a bad bullpen uh, night after night after night. Can they continue to survive with that philosophy going down the stretch here when they really only have three starters anyway at this point? Yeah. And look, you know, if they, if I think the biggest thing is the most important part of the season is, you know, other than winning in September is going to be the next two weeks. It's going to be, can you force Dave Dombrowski to go out and add to this team? You know, if you play really good baseball the next two weeks before the trade deadline, maybe they have another starter on this team. Maybe they, have another bullpen piece on this team, and they can add to those deficiencies. And look, Cole Hamels showcase, I think, on Friday or, or yeah. Saturday. That's just money. All you got to do is pay Cole to come home. If he looks good, I think that's like a no-brainer move to add to that rotation. But to your pitch count thing, I mean, I hate it. I'm with you. I, I think it's gone way overboard. I will say I don't think it's fair to just single out Girardi. I mean, that's baseball. That's every single team in the sport. It is what it is. I hate it. I'm with you. But it is what it is. I mean, it is the way the sport is played right now. So I don't think there's any chance they will change that philosophy other than, you know, maybe September you start to let your your big guns like Wheeler go a little deeper or Nola go a little deeper if they have it. Um, and, and, you know, as they increase that, that arm strength and all that. But I just – I think this is baseball, and as annoying and as frustrating as it is, I think we're going to continue to see it, so they better be able to win that one. Well, as John Ritchie pointed out the other day, BaseballReference.com says the Phillies actually do have the best chance of winning the National yes. League right now, 35%. Go figure. Yes. Thanks yes. in part to the schedule and, I guess, you know, people being healthy again. Uh, do you believe it? Are, can they do it? Uh, they can definitely do it. Again, I, I think, look, the division's bad. Things seem to be breaking the right way. You know, you never cheer for injuries, but Ronald Acuna being lost for the season is like a real hit to the Braves. I mean, that's their best player. You know, he's one of the best players in the sport. That's a big loss for them. And look, the Mets aren't a spectacular team. You know, none of these teams are are great. So it's a, it's a winnable division. I, I absolutely think they can win the division. I, I, as far as the actual, like that specific prediction, like I don't get too caught up in the, you know, win percentage chances at this point in the season. Type. I mean, like for reference sake, you know, not baseball reference, but if you go from baseball reference, that has the Phillies in first place with a 36 or 35% chance to win the division. And you go over to Fangrass, which is an equally terrific, you know, numbers, baseball numbers site. And they say the Mets have the best chance with a 75% chance. So like, how do you how do you explain that? Like, obviously, one relies on the schedule more, one relies on this more and that. So it's all – I don't get too caught up in it. I look at the fact that the Phillies are three and a half back in the Mets right now, and they're playing decent baseball. I think they have a chance. Yeah, well, I, I think so. I think they're they a way better situation than we thought they were going to be in. Uh, but it, it brings me back to the uh, – to, to being a buyer now. Uh, in order to get something good, you've got to give something good. And – if they're going to, I don't think they have anybody on the farm necessarily to give up unless it's one of these young number ones that is way buried down in the minors who are supposed to be really good. Um, do you do you go all in and and get trade an able or one of those nah, kind of kids? No chance. You're right. I, I mean, yeah. I don't see anybody on this current roster that you're going to get anything well, for if you trade I, them. I think you got to be creative. I think it really comes down to John John Middleton being willing to spend money. First and foremost, like we said, Cole Hamill is a perfect example. Like, that's just money. Like, that's it. You don't have to give up anyone in your system. You don't have to give up anything else. You just got to give them money and be willing to go over the luxury tax if that's what it takes. So I think that's a perfect example of something they need to do. But you can get creative with trades. Like, look, you're not going to get the best of the best guys without giving up solid prospects. But you can get solid players by taking on contracts and giving back, you know, those, those type of things. You mm -hmm. get creative with it. A, a team wants to get rid of a guy because they don't want to pay a salary. Hey, we'll take on that salary. We'll give you a junk prospect. We'll just take on the money. Like that's the type of thing. If they want to really drastically improve their club, they need to do. 
But like too much is made of the they don't have the top top guys, but they have enough prospects where they can add a reliever or add a a a lower tier arm or whatever. Like it doesn't necessarily take giving up Mick Abel to go get someone who can help their club. I mean, they can make more cosmetic changes and add guys who are just better than they have. You know, add someone where we don't have to see you know, the lower end bullpen pitcher pitch instead, you know, David Hale's gone now, but, but that type of guy, cause you added this guy who it didn't cost much to get, but he cost his team $3 million for the rest of the year. They don't feel like paying it. And we can pay him the $3 million and have this much better pitcher than we had before without giving up too much for it. So, so I think they need to get creative, but I, I certainly am not giving up. I mean, Mick Abel's the one diamond in the organization. I mean, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's untouchable. Mick Abel. Well, speaking of getting rid of guys, James, uh, Ben Simmons. A lot yes. of talk about Simmons and the Sixers. Yes. What's going to happen there? Um, we are, we're hearing they are officially engaging other teams now in talks, some five other teams they've talked to allegedly. On a percentage basis, what do you think the likelihood of Simmons being back as a Sixer in October is right now? Like 0.01% or somewhere in there. I don't think there's any chance. I really don't. Like – Look, I, too many things have happened in sports for me to, you know, I'm, I'm being somewhat flippant, but I honestly think it's like a 1% chance. Like, I really do not think that Ben Simmons will be a sixer next season. I, I don't think there's any way he can be back. I think Daryl Morey's too smart to bring him back. He's too smart to know that like, he can't bring that guy back. He can't be back here. Like, it is it is over. It's done. And I honestly think, look, I have, I have more faith in Daryl Morey than anyone else in Philadelphia sports right now in terms of, of non-player type people, people running shows, the managers, the coaches, the general managers. He's the person I have the most faith in. He will find a way to make this work, whether it's a three-team deal, whether he trades Simmons to one team for a bunch of picks then goes and flips those picks with Dybul and Maxi for Lillard or something like that. Like He's going to get it done. He's going to get a higher return than people expect right now. Everyone is such a prisoner of the moment. It's like, oh, my God, Ben didn't dunk it. He's, he's useless. No one I want him. He's a three-time All-Star, and I get it. Like We know how flawed he is. There's enough ego in the NBA. There are enough people in the NBA who are going to look at him and say, I can get the best out of that guy. I can make that guy shoot. I can, fi- I can fix that guy. Look, look at the potential. We're getting a, 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 a potential top 20, top 15 guy in the NBA for a discount. This is a no-brainer. There are going to be more than enough GMs who are thinking that way, I promise you. The return is going to be better than people expect, and he's going to be gone. I feel okay. super confident. And, and what do you feel like the possibilities are as he gets it turned around? Because we know he can play. I mean, yeah, we don't know what yeah. exactly happened to him here at the end of the season, it's, but we know he yeah. can play. Uh, I mean, it's mental. I think it's clearly a mental thing. I mean, you you see those videos circulating of him at Summer League, you know, in 2016, and he's, like, shooting jumpers and shooting, like, 10-foot fadeaways and all that stuff, and it's like – the regression is unbelievable. It's hard to believe in it. It just, it has to be mental. He's talked about it being mental. So I do think that it is possible that someone could find, you know, unlock the key and figure out what it is. And I do think that, that also it's a combination of also his issues, but being on, on this team where they need more out of him offensively, they need him to shoot. If he goes somewhere where, you know, he plays with a bunch of shooters and he doesn't have him beat in the middle and he can kind of, be a facilitator and 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 really not be asked to do those things you know that then i think there's you know the, i don't think it's a, you're going to build a championship team around him but i think you could build a playoff team around that like i think you could have a if you're the orlando magic if you're the minnesota timberwolves if you're these teams that you know making the playoffs matters you know where where you're not just saying oh we have to win the title every year it's like oh we've been in the playoffs in a decade like that'd be cool you know, I think that type of team, it makes a lot of sense for them to, to get a guy like that because no free agents are ever going there. No one's ever choosing to go play in Minnesota. So you have to take advantage of these type of guys when they're available and when, you know, they're they're in your you know kind of price range. I think you have to take advantage of it. So I, I think that they will find a team to take on Ben Simmons. And I don't know if he'll ever – look, I don't know if he loves basketball enough to really do what it takes to become – the to unlock what he is. But I, it wouldn't be shock me if someone can convince him to to get through his mental block and, and shoot a little bit. I mean, that honestly, wouldn't that be the most Philly thing? Well, let's be real. In all honesty, they're going to trade him. He's going to like figure it out, and he's going to like shoot all the time. And we're gonna we're gonna feel terrible about it. That's the way this plays out. You got it. Hey, James. In our final couple of minutes, uh, yes. let me tell you this: for the past six months, I've been doing a segment called Random Chat about Ooh. well, whatever. Love and uh, this week, you're going to help me. You're going to be a part of it. 
I'm going to put you in center stage on random chat with a little Q and a thing that I'm going to call uh seltzer skelter or Skelter <laughs> seltzer or something like Good. that. I don't know. I like that. I'm a Beatles fan. I can get down with that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. We're going to get to know you a little bit better. Love it. Two minutes on the clock. I'm going to hit you with a bunch of rapid fire questions. Oh, I love Keep this. the answers brief. Here we All go. Right, bring it my way. Chad. Number one, my first concert, way before you were born in fact was kiss bills oh. was cat stevens what was your first concert dave matthews band was my ah. first concert and i i've seen a lot of concerts i mean i've seen fish like 140 times like i love i know you're live a fan. music but dave matthews band at camden was my first. with your lovely wife and two and a half year old daughter you hit the beach last week what is the yes. best thing about the beach either your view or more importantly zoe's view of the beach yeah zoe was the only thing i liked about the beach not a beach guy <laughs> i'll tell you that way too much effort to just kind of sit there and be hot you know it's like let me carry all this stuff and walk this long way and then i'm gonna be hot uh but watching zoe like learn and see the ocean and jump in the ocean and, and learn what Sam was and all that. That part of it was really awesome. So clearly right. her was the best part. Next, which visiting baseball or football stadium that you've been to has been your favorite and which one that you haven't been to, do you really want to get to? It's a great question. Wrigley is my favorite. It's just what it is. Everyone wants to go to Wrigley. You go there. You're like, Oh yeah, this is why you want to go here. It's it, you walk, you see the Ivy and you're just in, it's amazing. Uh, and as far as the one I want to go to the most, I've been to most of the baseball ones and certainly family and stuff. I want to go to Lambeau. You know, that's the yeah. Mecca of football. I've never been there. Uh, a close second would be a, a SEC game like Bama, LSU, that experience, but, but Lambeau's number one. All right. Hey, I'm going to be at the Hella Mega Tour next month. Green Day, Ooh, Weezer, Fallout nice. Boy. Nice. What, what is the very best Weezer song? Oh, man. I always love Buddy Holly. I just, I think it's it's such a great song. That first album, the the or the second album, whatever, the Sweater Song was huge back when I was a kid. I loved Stop the Stop right there. Song. They're the two best. You nailed Boom. it right away. Boom. Next, Done. we had the Major League All-Star game last night. Is that yes. still the best All-Star game among the four major sports? Um... Yeah, the NBA is getting better and closer, but I, I think it still is. Uh, but it, obviously, I mean, you guys know it's it's not what it used to be. It's just not. What is one movie that never gets old, one that you can enjoy still every time it's on? Or, you know, in Joe DeCamera's case, it's The Notebook, but I mean, yeah. like you're a real person. Just one? I mean, I could, <laughs> I could go for hours about, about movies like that. Um, man, I, I, Princess Bride, I never get tired of. Yeah. Um, you know, usual suspects never get tired of the matrix. I never get tired of. There's Good a enough. lot. Die hard, die hard. Of course. Never get hey, tired. Speaking of Joe DeCamera, uh, he admits to taking several baths a month, often mm -hmm. long baths. Mm -hmm. When was the last time you took a bath? I don't even own a bath. Jeff. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We had to buy a like portable bath for my daughter to give her baths. Cause our home does not have a bath. It's been a while. Jeff. It's been a while. Beer, wine, or whiskey. Uh, beer, though I am a whiskey man too, but uh, a beer, beer is the one. I'm yeah. with them. 85% beer, maybe 12% wine, 3% whiskey. Yeah, I would say 85% beer, 90% beer, let's say 90% beer, 9% whiskey, 1% wine. Last one, uh, James. My wife watches a lot of both QVC and the Hallmark Channel, both of which this month have Christmas in July programming. Oh, buddy. Uh, what is the very best Christmas movie? Oh, wow. The best. I mean, Die Hard. I just said it. But I know a lot of people are going. It's like I know. Christmas is that movie. a Christmas movie? I know. It, it is a great. I mean, the guy <laughs> who wrote it said it was a Christmas movie, but whatever. No big deal. Um, Elf. I love Elf. Elf Me is, too. Elf is a great one. Um, that's a fun one. There's so many. I'll go Elf. Elf's a great All right. Wrap it All up, right. Bill. All right. Hey, James, before <laughs> we let you go. Uh, yes. You got you got a lot going on, a lot of different podcasts and things yes. going on. Give a yes. plug, let people know where they can listen to sure. you. Sure, plug away, plug away. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. obviously the WIP Midday Show, uh, Midday Show ten to two. Jody Cameron, John Ritchie, uh, the Go Birds podcast. That's Eagles Pod I do with Elliot and uh, Elliot Short Parks and uh, Jack Fritz, and I do the High Hopes podcast. So, so those would be the three I would say. You can find them anywhere you look for podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. All right, James, as always, great to have you. You are now a five-time member, and, and you made it through, yeah. not, not random, Chet, was it? Yeah. Seltzer Smeltzer. Five. Sel yes, that's right. Seltzer Skelter. I love Whatever. it. Um, guys, I'm already looking to, to number six. I can't You wait. will be back, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. A pleasure, fellas. Thank you. Thanks, James. All right, James. Thanks, pal.
All right, Chad, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time for you to start saving at Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Bill, you've got that right. Uh, let me tell you about Allstate's pay-as-you-go insurance. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Yeah, pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, you know this. It is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Once again, 610-430-0700 and start to see more now that you are driving less. Hey everybody, it's Willie Nile here and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey Chet, we talked a lot of Phillies with James, but we didn't talk about starting the second half of the season with some players in the COVID protocol. Uh, which brings vaccines into the news. I know you have some pretty serious thoughts on this uh, issue. Fire away. I do too. Actually, I have mixed views on it, Bill. I actually think that MLB and the teams have handled things pretty much the right way. Don't mandate COVID vaccines because you just can't do that, but do strongly suggest that players get the COVID vaccine. Um the Phillies are one of seven teams, as most people know by now, one of seven teams that are below the 85% threshold. And because of that, they're subject to more testing and the greater likelihood that what happened this past Sunday will happen again. You know, one player, Alec Bohm in this case, comes down and tests positive. Then you got to go into the whole contact tracing thing and uh, see who else has to sit out for at least a game or two. So that's what happens Sunday. And if it happens again, you know, either, you know, Bohm or somebody else, uh, they're going to have to do the same thing and they're going to have to sit out some games and call up new players for at least a short term. So yeah, you can't mandate the, the vaccines, but I would say, you know, strongly suggest to your players that you do get the vaccine. Yes, there's always the possibility that there will be some sort of weird side effects or that it's not, you know, totally 100% effective. But I think the data do show that vaccines are, by and large, very safe and effective and, in fact, are expected to very soon get full FDA approval. So that's my take on it. How about you? Well, actually, you surprised me a little bit with that. Uh, you're you're a little softer on it than I was expecting <laughs> you to be. I have to say, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it's it's the person's choice, and quite frankly, I'm surprised that the major league baseball can even provide the statistics of 75 percent that they do provide. Uh, you know, I know in our case, when, when my jobs, when we would hire people in due to HIPAA laws, you couldn't ask them anything. Yeah. Uh, and now all of a sudden we're we're reporting numbers and we're calling out names of people who haven't had vaccines. Uh, that's not legal as far as I know. Pre pre COVID, it was not legal, uh, and I don't think it is now. And and I guess the other thing that's curious to me, Jed, is uh, you know the Phils are in Chicago and then they go to Boston. They traveled um, Sunday night to Chicago, flew together. Flew to Boston on what would it be Wednesday night, and so they're all in an airplane together. They're all in the locker room together. They're all in the field, the hotel together, and they have their protocols. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> one player becomes test positive, and now you've traced out what three others uh, that maybe were playing cards together on the airplane. Who knows what they're doing? Uh, and and now through this contract contact tracing stuff. Now, all of a sudden, you're out four guys. It really doesn't make a lot of sense to me how you can have an airplane full of people of maybe whatever, 55, 50 people of 40 people in a traveling party, and all of a sudden, you picked out three, four. Yeah, well, the great majority of the other ones, I presume, have been vaccinated, and so they're kind of, uh, you know, okay, so to speak. They're not going to be subject to that one or two day quarantine while they get retested because since they have already been vaccinated, they're considered to be very, very likely safe and not have a potential coronavirus case. Well, you know, in the NCAA Baseball World Series, they threw North Carolina State out of the World Series as they were getting ready to play and play for the finals because they went back and tested guys that were already vaccinated and they tested positive supposedly and they threw them out of the college world series. So, you know, 
I'll call them rules because I don't know what in the world it is you're supposed to call them, but it just seems like it's still so helter-skelter to me. And at the end of the day, you can't make these guys get vaccines. Oh, yeah, and I agree, and I don't think you you should. But uh, like I said, I, I would try to encourage them to get it just because it's for the good of the team. But if they have some very strong belief against it or, you know, a, a fear of it or what, you know, that, fine, that that's understandable. But in a perfect world, I think 98% of the people would have it, but that's just me. Yeah, well, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and, you know, and uh, – you know, I know some people that are on payrolls at different professional sports levels, one or two in the NFL, who were mandated to get tested before mm-hmm. they went to minicamp. And I know another two, actually, uh, that I've talked to in Major League Baseball who were not mandated. One has been tested because they chose to be, and one has not. So uh, I-, I just don't know what to make of it, but – I'm not big on singling guys out for not doing it if they don't want to, you know. It's a similar situation, though, with businesses now as they go back to working in the office. You know, some companies are mandating it unless there's, you know, some reason that you actually can't get it. Others are just saying, well, you know, we encourage you to get it. But if not, you know, just follow all the regular protocols as far as, you know, social distancing and mask wearing until we're sure we're out of this thing. So it's still a tricky situation, even though it's, you know, been going on for 16 months now. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's talk uh, second half a little bit more. Um, do you really think that the Phils can make a push? We touched about touched on this with James. Uh, do they have what it's going to take? Or are they going to have to add pieces? Or can they figure out somehow to make this happen with most of the guys that they have? I think they can do it because of the schedule being easier, as everybody has been saying, and the fact that they are reasonably healthy right now, although Bohm is still going to be out for another week. Theoretically, the other guys who were out of Sunday's game will be back and ready to go on Friday, doubleheader against those Marlins. Uh, so hopefully they can stay healthy a while because we've seen a lot of the guys who they were counting on you know, start to hit recently, especially Harper and Hoskins, uh, McCutcheon as well. So that's great to see. Uh, JT, an all-star, of course. So I like their chances offensively. It all comes down to the bullpen, Bill. If they don't make any new additions, the bullpen's got to be better. We have seen the defense get better over the last week and a half, and that's a reason that they won seven out of the last ten games. Even uh, the final out of that Sunday game with you know Reese Hoskins making a tough play behind first base and getting that final out. So you got to play good defense, which they have been now for the last week and a half. And the bullpen has got to continue to get better because that's still the main issue for me is the bullpen being a question mark and never feeling safe in the eighth and ninth inning. Yeah. Well, call me crazy, but I'm going to, I'm going to say this. If they're going to win this thing or make a serious run, Hector Nares is going to be the closer. And Hector Harris is going to be the one that's going to have to get it done because Ranger Ranger looks good. And I, I, I like what I see there. And, and maybe he plays a, a big part in this. But I believe when it comes crunch time, they, they can't use Naris as a sixth inning, get two out guy. He's, he's going to have to be a key player down the stretch if they're going to be able to compete. Yeah, I agree. And some of the other guys, too, in the bullpen, I think are going to have to play a more <laughs> – critical role but yeah Neris has got to be more than just a one or two fifth or sixth inning guy like he's been lately and I I love Ranger Suarez but he's not your prototypical closer he did a great job last Sunday getting the rare seven out save when was the last time we saw that from a Phillies reliever so I like Ranger and he's as cool as a cucumber out there which is a good thing to have when you're a reliever so maybe he'll surprise us and continue to get the job done but uh, yeah I do think Neris is going to have to be a, a key guy yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we we know what we have with Brogdon. We think he's he's going to be okay. Um, he's not going to be the closer. Alvarado is not going to be the closer. He can't throw enough strikes. As a matter of fact, he's dangerous even in the eighth inning uh, because he can't consistently throw strikes. And it may to me, it may end up where Ranger ends up in the eighth and Naris in the ninth, or vice versa, and let Brogdon pitch the seventh. And Bradley and Kinsler and them guys are going to have to fit in. All I know is my uh, little wager that I made with the Phillies 
being 81 wins or better this year is starting to look better. They're still right at 500, but I'm feeling better about that wager. So maybe I'll uh, make a little money come year's end. What, what am I at? Like 86, I think, right? I thought they would do better in the bullpen. Yeah. I picked them to well, win. Oh, we all some, did. Yeah, I think I picked them to win actually a few more games based on that. And uh, that has been a very bad pick at this point, yeah, based but, it on uh, the bullpen. But they are trending up, as they say, Bill. So That's right. That's we'll right. See. Well, hey, Chad, let's give a shout-out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network, which we are part of. This episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and now on Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Please help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our affiliates, including the Broad Street Bully Podcast, Released every Monday with Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey. They'll be live again soon. Lax Philly, Kevin, Gary, and the team covering everything lacrosse from Philly and beyond. Great articles and videos. And they will be live soon on EOPsports.com. Edge of Philly Sports Live. Joe, Freddie, Big Al cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch live Wednesday nights. That's tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time with our pal Ray Dittinger joining them. Birds IQ, Kyle and Eric Quinn will be returning soon with live shows every Monday during the season at 7 p.m. And on Saturday morning, 9 a.m., the Patterson Avenue Fanatics with TK, Marks, James, Dave, Paul, and Damon. Get your Philly sports talk on. If you miss any shows, no worries. Grab the podcast on all the major platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Blog Talk, and more. And remember... Stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com with great articles, a huge staff of contributors, and subscribe to the weekly newsletter that you can sign up for at EOP Sports. And it comes every Friday morning. Good stuff. Hey, Bill, two things before we move on to a little Danny Green uh, segment. First of all, it's Shark Week, so I got my land shark here ready to go and join that. Uh, Secondly... Uh, getting back to baseball, you posted this on Facebook the other day. It looks like Major League Baseball is considering and likely to go with these potential rule changes, uh, banning or limiting defensive shifts. I know you're not a fan of that. Uh, the elimination of 17 doubleheaders and that second base extra anything. I know you're happy if they eliminate that. And uh, the DH perhaps coming to the National League. So what do you think? Is this all going to happen? Uh, I don't see banning the shift yeah i don't either happen. i agree i don't think they should you just got to be a hitter and you know hey, to hit. right yeah i mean sooner or later we said this with ryan howard who i really like ryan howard and i really like uh bryce harper too how many times is bryce harper going to hit a ground ball to the shallow right field to the second baseman and get thrown out learn to hit the ball the other way you got a whole entire field that's empty over there Mm-hmm. You know, um, and to me, uh, hit them where they ain't, as they used to say. And exactly. uh, Pete Rose would have had 5,000 hits if they just shifted on him ever. He'd hit the ball just where nobody was standing. Uh, crazy, crazy rule learn how to hit. You know, Bill, uh, you remember I talked about this a few months ago. I am on board with extending the DH to the National League. I was dead set against it for 20 years. And then finally – Last year or so, I started to come around, and I'm thinking, yeah, I kind of would rather see a DH than watch a pitcher hit. I know it takes away some of the strategy, but I'm okay if they bring the DH to the National League now. No, I'm not. I'm not. And it's not – I don't care about putting the extra hitter in and all that. that that's fine. But I, but there's so much strategy that would change. And I think just what you're seeing with Joe Girardi and how he's having to handle a bullpen, uh, a lot of that goes away. And to me – that's what baseball is all about. It's making the right matchups and getting the right guys in the right place. It's a lot easier game to me when you don't have to worry about who you're going to pinch hit for uh, and running out of players and doing things like that. To me, it's, it's just more about the game and way more fun to coach the game and way much more fun to watch the game to me. I'm with you. Uh, I understand. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm okay if they do go to the DH. I'd rather they didn't still – deep inside me, but I know it's coming, so I'm kind of on board with it. I hope not. All right. Philly fans, Chet, 
They've been taking the task a little bit in the last week or so by Sixers Danny Green to start with, for one. Vince Velasquez got in a bit of a discussion with a fan in Boston, and the Twitter world was is always out of control. And I posted about this the other day. For the most part, responders who are fans supported the fans, right, to voice their opinions freely. Thoughts on that, or is it out of control? You know, it, it was discussed nonstop last Thursday and Friday on Philly Sports Talk Radio. And as I posted on Facebook, the consensus from both hosts and the majority of fans is that Danny Green is the one who's way off base here and just doesn't get it. The Philly fans have supported Simmons and the entire team during the games. When he went to the foul line, you didn't hear them boo him at that time you know if he did miss you might hear a couple of groans like oh no but they weren't like booing him like get out of town they were encouraging him the whole damn time and that's always been the case with ben simmons in the wells fargo center the fans have been supportive yeah there's a lot of criticism after the fact but that's typical of fans and that's going to be the case in most cities not just philadelphia and we can all agree now that Simmons has somehow regressed offensively over the last couple of years, not just at the free throw line, but just offensively in general. So we have a right as fans to point that out and say, hey, shape up, improve. And Danny Green, in my view, just doesn't get that. Well, I have two different thoughts on this. Okay. The younger Bill and the older Bill. Uh, but you know, the, the younger bill felt exactly how you feel now, but having coached for a long time and seen how, seen some guys that I coached make it to the major leagues in the NFL and the, and the major league baseball and how hard it is and how many great players didn't make it there that, that were good. Um, you know, these guys are such good players and, or, or they wouldn't be in the big leagues. And to be constantly barraged by people like us, uh, you know, who are just fans that buy tickets, uh, who, who could never play at that level, uh, you know, I, I tend to, to give the players the benefit of the doubt. Social media has made that even worse. Oh, God, uh, yeah. And, and the fact that these players are just kids, a lot of them. They're 22, 3, 4. They're playing Twitter. They're playing whatever, all these things. And they're reading all this crap, uh, to sometimes blowing smoke up their butt that they're great and just as well killing them when uh, they give out give up a home run in the seventh inning of a 8-3 game. Um, it is just not right. It's And, you, you know, you can't you, you say, well, don't, don't look at Twitter then. Well, but you're a kid, and, you know, that's what everybody in the world does. But in the meantime, fans who have never played the game or really, I don't want to say don't know anything about the game, but have never been to that level. And and that's what Vince Velasquez told that fan the other night when he told him he stunk. He told him he was a bum. He said, then get your fat ass out on the mound. That's exactly what he told him. And then he took the high road and apologized because he was trying to be professional. But – that's the kind of stuff that just really bothers me when it goes that way. Yeah. Now, the Velasquez thing, I think that fan was just dead wrong. There's no reason for a personal attack like that. It's bad enough on social media, as you said. But to do that in person, it's just not necessary. And nobody's ever questioned that Vince Velasquez has been trying. He's out there doing his best. And sometimes he sucks. I mean, let's face facts. And that was the case last Friday night in Boston. But there's no reason for a verbal attack. And, you know, you hate to see that kind of thing. And, you know, I even felt bad about this, Bill. I'm sure you didn't watch the ESPYs last Saturday night. I, know. I, no. I actually watched some of it. And this kind of rubbed me the wrong way. The, the host was Anthony Mackie. And he did this bit about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons took home a special ESPY for his humanitarian work. Yes. Not everyone knows this, but Ben Simmons has been building orphanages like this one completely out of his playoff bricks. What do you like to say, little ladies? What do you think, Bill? 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a little much. Wow. Uh, I haven't seen that. I hadn't even heard about it. And that is absolutely uncalled for. Yeah, I watched it live and I was a little uncomfortable. I mean, you know, uh, Ben Simmons did not have a great postseason, but I just thought that was a little, a little too personal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think the other thing, you know, we, we kind of lose sight of is that these guys are human and they know Vince Velasquez, nobody need to tell him that he stumped on Friday. Right. You know, I mean, they know. They know well before we do, and and it beats them up, you know, every day that they don't perform well. They want to perform well for themselves, for their team, and for their city, and you know, and their fans. So, uh, you know, I, I just you, – you can't always just clap and be rah-rah about it either, but you don't have to attack them all the time either. It's just, to me – and, and social media plays a big part in this. It just – uh, it, it's out of control. I think it's out of control at this point. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's just the nature of the beast these days with social media and everything. Uh, it's not going to change. It's not going to get any better, certainly. Absolutely. All right, uh, Chet, for the first time in a very long time, Philly Press Box Radio is going to take a week off next week. Go figure that out. Yeah, you know, at the end of 2020, 20, I somehow figured out that we we actually did like 54 shows in 52 weeks just because of the way the calendar fell last year. And I looked it up. We actually haven't taken a week off, a full week off since June of 2019. So a little over two years ago. Well, I think we deserve a week off, Bill. And we are going to do that. We're going to take next week off. But then we're going to come back in two weeks, two weeks from tonight, but Wednesday, the 28th, with what is going to be a great one. And I can tell you all about it now. We are going to have two terrific guests. Neither one of them has been here for at least two years. And we can't wait to have them back on with us. First up, we have a legendary Philadelphia Eagles safety and punter. Yes, indeed. Our old pal, Bill Bradley. And I guarantee everyone right here, right now, Super Bill will have some great <laughs> stories for us. He always does. And I found some new things that he can talk about with us, which he hasn't mentioned before. Oh, my gosh. Can't wait for that. Our second guest, after we're done with Super Bill, well, you know her from her time at what was then Comcast Sportsnet doing Phillies coverage primarily. And now she's got a lot of other things going on. She's also organized a very cool fundraising golf event to help disarm AVM. And that is a rare tumor and condition that her daughter Kendall is dealing with. The awesome Leslie Goodell joining us, Bill. So Bill Bradley and Leslie Goodell. How about those two guests, Bill? There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Can't wait to talk to both of them. Uh, you know, we keep a little bit of track of Leslie with all the different things she's got going on. Super Bill is just always Super Bill. Yeah. And uh, Leslie mentioned to me when I was uh, in touch with her about this, that one of the things she's somehow doing with one of her gigs is doing stuff with the NIL, the name image licensing stuff. So we can ask her about that as well. I'm sure she'll have a lot to say about that. Well, and you know, that's, that's a big topic on my list. You know, Chet, speaking of that, and we can ask Leslie about this in two weeks, the NCAA supposedly has their first million dollar athlete. Really? Yes. A female gymnast at LSU who apparently is a TikTok, uh, whatever star, <laughs> whatever you are in TikTok, some sort yeah. of star, and has all these followers. And as soon as she was allowed to receive money, she started getting sponsorships, and she is still a student. I don't know her name, uh, but she is a million-dollar college athlete, gymnast, female gymnast, LSU. How about that? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of money to be made. Uh, some of it makes sense. Some of it probably won't, but uh, – that's the way it's going to be now in college athletics. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be really interesting come signing day when these kids come. Uh, you know, so many kids come up with these four stars, five stars, all this star stuff that yeah. this is somebody's writing. And now all of a sudden, hey, uh, James Franklin, I'm going to come play for you. And by the way, I am my own corporation. Uh, and James Franklin's going to say, well, you better learn to play at the college level because yeah. – there are no promises here, but you better figure this out. So. Yeah, these, these first couple of years with this are going to be very interesting. So uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, we have a bell today. We have a random chat going on. Anything the random else? chat was mixed in with the uh, James Seltzer thing tonight. So that was that was going to be our random chat for tonight. Again, it's going to be more random now in the second half of the year, Bill. So Okay. I got you. I got you. How about uh, anything else to add on Nick Sirianni and the Eagles? Uh, no, we, we know that Richard Sherman probably won't be an Eagle anytime. So he's got a little legal trouble to deal with all of a sudden. So yeah, he was yeah. a lockdown corner. Now he's in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. And, and apparently they came up with a different, another charge against him. Uh, also a hit and run charge to go with his other. Speaking of that, this was something I was going to bring up with James, but, uh, ran out of time. You know, a lot of these, these guys are getting in trouble and it's, you know, it kind of was, it happens and you do away with it. You move on to the next guy. Do, do you think the reach is a point where the, the fans or the league say, you know what, we've had enough of this thuggery and uh, we got to do something to clean this up. And I have no idea what you would do. I don't know if it's ever going to come to that because I mean, look at how many thugs the Cowboys have signed over the years. They don't seem to have a problem with it. To my point. I mean, exactly yeah. to my point. How much How much do you put up with all that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. that. It's an interesting question, but I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting, guys. You know, you're paying all these young guys all kinds of money, and they do all kinds of stuff with it. So, oh, you asked about the Eagles and Sirianni and all that. How about uh, the former Penn Stater Michael Robinson saying that there are some issues in the Eagles locker room already that some of the players, you know, don't really respect Sirianni, and you know, he's saying there's some trouble there. And Lane Johnson says. Give me names because I'm not seeing it. And Jason Peters is sticking up for the team as well. So do you think Michael Robinson knows something or is he just talking out of his butt? Well, uh, you know, I think I, – I don't think Michael Robinson made it up. I think there, there must be something there. But that doesn't make it a majority. That might be some one guy saying, you know, maybe a guy's already been in and got cut. You know, he's like, oh, man, they, they got problems over there. Of course they do because you just got cut. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. There may be a little bit of smoke there, but I like the idea that some guys came to Sariani's defense yeah, right away. That's that's a that's a good sign, I think. Yeah, I'm excited about this actually because we haven't you know seen him really do any coaching with the Eagles yet. It's just all the the very uneventful mini camp that they had or whatever. So I'm excited to see what happens when training camp opens, I think two weeks from yesterday. So uh, then we'll start to get a better feel for Sirianni. He's, I think, warming up to the fans and they're warming up to him ever since that first disastrous news conference. People are feeling better about him and the Eagles. So I'm, ex I'm excited about July and August and September. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a whole new world when you put the pads on, you know, I mean, they can, they can do all the, running around and throwing and blocking on air until you put the pads on. Uh, you know, that's when, that's when you find out what it's all about. Bill, you're cutting into my parting shot time. Really? Is it time? <laughs> it is time. Go ahead. <laughs> I know you're just trying to get me to put this off, but here yeah, we go, I, Bill. I was hoping <laughs> we would run out of time. Bill, the Emmy nominations celebrating excellence in television there this is past none. year were announced Tuesday morning. I know how much it excites you. And believe it or not, among the three series that got the most nominations, 24, 24, 23, The Crown, The Mandalorian, and WandaVision, I haven't seen a single episode of any of those series. I did want to see WandaVision, but it's on uh, Disney+. Plus. I don't have that, but I would like to see that. Uh, some of the other ones I didn't see. Also, Ted Lasso, Bridgerton, the latest series season of The Handmaid's Tale. Didn't see them. Among the series with multiple nominations that I did see, The Undoing, very good. The Flight Attendant, which was a lot of fun. Saturday Night Live, of course, because that's uh, on NBC every Saturday night. And Mayor of Easttown, a show that even Bill Furman watched, believe it or not, folks. Uh, here's the deal. Other than SNL, Blackish, and This Is Us, the overwhelming majority of the nominated shows are on streaming services like Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or Prime or 
HBO or its streaming sister, HBO Max. Well, I have most of those, but not all of them. But I just rarely make time, set aside time to sit down and watch those. It's just so much easier when they're on regular TV and I can set the DVR and then I see them staring at me on my list of shows on the DVR to watch them. When they're on the streaming things, I just kind of forget about them and don't make an effort to sit down and watch them. So I have to adjust my time better because... I don't know. I'm never going to be one of those people who says there's nothing on TV. There's always something available either on regular TV or the streaming services or on demand. It's not about that. It's about finding time to watch some of these shows. So one of these days I will. Hey, and I don't know if you saw this um, because it was a Delco thing, you know, the Delaware County thing, um, a church down in uh, Eddystone, I believe it was, um, was contacted by the producers of the mayor of Easttown hmm. about being one of two churches to be used in next year's filming. So whether the cat is out of the bag because Ooh. no one, no one has said there was going to be a next year. I know, but uh, I they they were contacted about being one of two churches. Well, the other one's in Chester, and this one's in Eddystone. Um, about being one of those churches so how about that maybe yeah. the cat is out of the brad inglesby bag i would love to see it and uh bring it on Let's wrap it up it. bill all wrap right let's thank tonight's special guest james seltzer our sponsors the irish rover station house bob sullivan's like your age.com ppcc 118 raz room and david floyd of all state insurance in westchester for Jim Chechesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Fresh Fox Radio in two weeks, Wednesday, July 28th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Check them all out. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. I hope the end, I hope the end, I am the With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.